Grace and mercy and peace be with you, my friends, in Christ from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the second week of a sermon series that we're doing for six weeks uh, throughout the month of July called Summer in the Psalms. And so each week we're just going to be taking a psalm, some more popular than others, and, and digging into that, that psalm uh, kind of over the course of the six weeks then, uh, doing a big survey of the whole book of psalms. And last week, if you were here, I encouraged you, actually challenged you to join me in trying to read through uh, the whole book of Psalms throughout this month of July. And I said, uh, if you had started last week uh, and read four to five Psalms every day, you would uh, complete all the Psalms by that time we're all done with this. So if you weren't here or you, you fell behind, that's okay. Don't even, you know, just try to get into the Psalms every day. That's the encouragement. Try to get into the Psalms every day. Today, we are going to be looking at a, what I think is probably one of the most popular Psalms, and it's Psalm 23, as uh, was read for you just a little bit ago. But I want to ask you this morning as we begin, what do you want? What do you really want in life right now? You know, if Christmas were around the corner and you were making a list of all of your greatest wants, what would you put on that list? Some of you might put material things that you really, really want. Some of you might ask for non-material things like world peace or maybe for it to stop raining in the Keweenaw for a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, every one of us want things. We are people who want things, right? And maybe you're, maybe you're wondering, what, oh, hey, I wonder what Pastor Aaron wants. You know what I want? I want some more funny socks, all right? So that's always what's on my Christmas list, more funny socks, all right? So now you know, right? What do you want, though? We are people who, who want things. We're oftentimes needy. We feel like maybe we don't have enough. Frankly, we can even be guilty of being covetous, desiring things that aren't even ours. Today, we read Psalm 23, and the beginning of that psalm started with these words, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't want things, but what it does mean is that with God as God, and we belong to him, in that sort of scenario, we do not lack anything. We do not lack anything because God is the one who is leading us and because God is in control, we ultimately lack nothing. We lack nothing. Today, my goal for us is to, to just simply walk through this psalm section by section and, and unveil and unpack some of the, the meat that's here. I think a lot of us have heard these words many times, but maybe not necessarily pause to reflect on, on each word. And so that's what we'll do today. And so let me read the next section of words for you, uh, verses 2 and 3. They go like this. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, obviously, this whole psalm has this imagery of a shepherd and sheep, right? And in these two verses, if you are a sheep, man, this looks like heaven. This is a great picture if you're a sheep, right? 
to have endless green pastures in which you can graze and be safe and have your fill and have it abundantly. It's a beautiful image, right? Green pastures is where God leads us. He restores my soul means that he fixes what is broken in our lives. The things that seem like they're falling apart, he restores them. He leads me where beside still waters. A lot of us have seen raging waters lately, uh, but we desire to be next to still water, right? And that Hebrew word that we have here as still, it's the same word that conjures up images and uh, the, the idea of peace and calm and serenity. It's the same Hebrew word that, that makes all of those other words possible as well. And so when we know that we're led beside still waters and green pastures, there's food to eat, there is peace, there is calm. And why does God do this? He leads us in the paths of righteousness. It means he will only lead us in good places, only in right places. Why? For his name's sake. Right? It's in God's character to treat us well. He will never, ever abandon his character. Right, For his name's sake, he will take care of us. He will take care of us because he loves us and because that's what he does in his essence. Because God is God, because I belong to him, I lack nothing. I don't need to be in want. Because God is God and I belong to him, I have absolute peace and rest through him who leads me to the places I need to go. Wow. No wonder this psalm is so well-beloved by so many people, right? No wonder. These words are so good for us people who are anxious and worried and stressed and busy and trying to maintain order and keep things in control. Wow, these words bring calm and peace to us, don't they? No wonder Psalm 23 is a beloved psalm. Psalm 23, I think for most people, um, I think for most people it resonates with most of us, and in our minds we connect it with um, nearing the end of life, right? Psalm 23 is oftentimes read by people as they near death or also as they grieve the death of their loved ones. And it is a very fitting psalm for those uh, challenging types of life. And we'll get to more of that in just a minute. But what I want you to know is that this psalm is not just about death. Frankly, it's actually more about life and about the reality of this life that we live in a broken, sinful world, as we remember that Jesus Christ is the one who is leading us in this life. As he leads us into life, we are led into this life, and then as we live this life, Jesus leads us through life. And as we get to that place of death, who leads us through death? Do you know? Jesus leads us through death. And what happens after we die? We are brought into everlasting life, right? And who leads us there? Jesus. Jesus is leading us the whole way into life, through life, through death, and into resurrection. 
This is the promise and the guarantee that was just made to Iris at her baptism. The Apostle Paul says, when you are baptized into Jesus Christ, you are baptized with him into his death and into his resurrection. You're united with him. Jesus is the one leading you all throughout your life, your death, and your eternal life. So this is a psalm not just about death, but also about life. About life, right? About life. But the psalm does describe the reality of life, and it describes a life that seems to be on the verge of death, right? How does the psalm describe it? In the shadow of death. This is what our life is like, though, correct? We are constantly in this shadow of death as we live. Death is this thing that, that uh, torments us. It, it lurks around. It haunts and it taunts, right? Yet this psalm still is all about life. It's a reminder to us that we who are living in this life, that we do not have things under our control, but that Jesus has things under his control now and forever. Let's continue to unpack these words. Let's, let's go on. Let's read these next words. It goes like this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff they comfort me. Have you ever been in a valley? I don't know if you've hiked in the mountains before, a valley. Valleys are beautiful, aren't they? Valleys are beautiful places, but valleys can oftentimes be scary, especially if you are prey and there are predators around. A valley is a place where you are vulnerable. In valleys, you need protection because the predators have an advantage over you. When you are in a valley, in many ways, you are out of control. And nothing in this life makes us feel more out of control and more vulnerable than death itself, right? So what does the psalmist remind us here? That even if we are in the valley that is close to death, which is an image of all of life in general, right? We're so close to death in every moment of this life. The psalmist says, even if I'm in the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil. Why? Why? Because you are with me. You're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A shepherd carried those two tools, a rod and a staff. A rod could sometimes be used for discipline for a sheep, but here it's used as protection against enemies, and a staff guides and directs, right? So in this image, God is in control. We are reminded that he loves us, that he is with us, that he cares for us, and that this is very, very good for us. The next verse goes like this. The image shifts, one from a shepherd now to a host, a host of a feast. It goes like this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So here's this image. Now, we've, we've just heard that we're in this valley of the shadow of death, that there are enemies lurking around. And now it says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, right? What is, this, what is this image? It, it is this image of God saying, yes, there are enemies all around. Don't worry about them. I've got a feast prepared for you. Go ahead and graze. 
Have your fill. Eat as much as you want. This is my gift to you. They cannot attack you. I am protecting you. I read a book once and saw a movie by the same title. It's a true story uh, called Lone Survivor. I don't know if any of you have read that book or seen it. I would not recommend watching it with children. Uh, But it's a true story of a Navy SEAL and uh, his team that went into Afghanistan. And when they were in Afghanistan, they were in the mountainous region and they came under ambush and it did not go too well for that Navy SEAL team. But one, one man uh, did, did escape. Uh, he was incredibly injured, and he was picked up by some local tribesmen. And they brought him to this uh, remote uh, village. In the regions of Afghanistan and Pakistan, in some of these tribal regions, uh, the people are called uh, Pashtuns, and, and they have this non-written ethical code called Pashtun Wali, I think is how you pronounce it. And there are these, these codes by which, they, by which they live. And the biggest thing for them is to offer hospitality to those who need it. And then to also offer asylum to protection to those who find their place in your camp. And so what happened to this American soldier was he was picked up by these tribes people, brought into this village, and the Taliban was all around. But this tribal chief was uh, duty-bound to protect him to feed him, to nourish him. As the Taliban literally surrounded that village and tried to attack, they fed him, they protected him until they could get word to the U.S. soldiers to come and to rescue him. It's an amazing story, but I think of that in this sort of image, right? There are enemies all around, and God says, don't you worry about them. I've got them under control. I am here to provide for you, to protect you, to feed you, to love you. And when I do, your cup overflows. I am going to give you more than you even need. And because of this, there are two wonderful adjectives that are going to follow you for the rest of your life. And that's this next section. Two adjectives, goodness and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Goodness means nothing lacking. Only good things. And this is true right now, not just in eternity. Right now, right behind you, are all wonderful things prepared for you by God. And also with that is mercy. The Hebrew word actually means like unconditional love. God surrounds you with mercy, with his love, and with his provisions. You are surrounded and filled now and into the day of everlasting life. I have read this psalm so many times, Psalm 23. That sometimes, you know, when we, when we do familiar things, we just kind of go right past it. Uh, And we we don't stop to pause and to think and reflect on these words. And so that's what I wanted to do with you today. But as I look around this room right now, I have read this psalm many times with many of you in this room, either holding your hands as you were going through a difficult time, or through holding your hands and the hands of a now dearly beloved departed brother and sister in the faith, one of your loved ones. We've surrounded them and read this psalm together. If you've ever been to a funeral here at our church, we begin every funeral by reading these words, Psalm 23. 
And many of you have been to those funerals, right? I have read this psalm so many times with people who are nearing death's door or also with the grieving. And it is a wonderful psalm of comfort and hope for those who are grieving death or preparing to die. Yet what I want you to hear today is that this is not just a psalm about death. It is also a psalm about life today that you may receive the hope and strength and confidence to trust in the daily provisions and guidance of Jesus Christ. You know, as we read in the gospel lesson today, uh, John chapter 10, we read there also that Jesus is the good shepherd and that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And I remind you again that when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep, Jesus was not being foolish in laying down his life for you. He was not being foolish. He was being bold and strong because he knew already he had the authority to take his life back up again. And that is what he did. He laid down his life for you to protect you. And now he has risen from the dead. Jesus has proven, proven that he has power and authority over every single enemy of yours. Earthly enemies and cosmic enemies. Jesus is powerful over your fear. Jesus is powerful over your anxiety. Jesus has power over your worry. He has power over your sickness. And he has power even over your eventual death. Jesus has already accomplished this victory. He died and he rose from the dead. He is alive. Your good shepherd is alive. So when he says, I'm leading you, I'm leading you now through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm leading you to green pastures. I'm leading you to still waters. I'm leading you. He is telling you the truth. He is leading you right now. Right now he is. So even though it may feel like things are failing, and things are falling out of control in your life or in the society or in the world, do not lose heart. God is ever more present in this world right now. Do not be fooled. He has not gone away. He will not go away. He will not lose control. So I ask you then today, what more do you want? What more do you want? You are not in want Jesus is with you. He loves you. He's providing for you now into the day of everlasting life. As this sermon concludes today, we're going to watch a short two-minute video that's just, again, the words of this psalm uh, depicted uh, in, a, in a visual way which brings a, another layer of meaning to this. So this video will conclude the sermon for today. In God's peace, amen. We'll watch it.